Hello and welcome to the Hustler's Guide to the Galaxy, where we teach you how to be a more successful human. On today's episode, we are talking about worry and anxiety, a set of responses to an unknown, imprecise, or ill-defined threat often anticipatory in nature and created by the imagination. Our fatigue is often caused not by work, but by worry, frustration, and resentment. Dale Carnegie When I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had a lot of trouble in life, most of which never happened. Winston Churchill The reason why worry kills more people than work is that more people worry than work. Robert Frost You're worried about the golf trip that might get rained out next week, or you're worried about the one that got rained out last week. You're spending time in the present mulling over the unknowable future or the unchangeable past. And that's a catastrophic waste of time and energy. If you could only stop worrying, you might find the time to do something meaningful. And so if you want to be successful, you have to recognize worry and make a conscious effort to combat it so that you can shift your effort from worry into action. Worry is sort of like a tamer cousin of fear. It often has a big overlap with worry. So let's try to make a distinction. Fear is in the present. It's now. You're standing on the edge of the cliff. You're afraid. There's a spider on the wall and you're scared of spiders. This is happening now. Worry, on the other hand, is more imaginative. You're worried about spiders that aren't there. And just because you're fearless doesn't mean you don't worry. You could be an extreme sports athlete and go base jumping and be entirely fearless, but still worry about what other people think or worry that you left the oven on. You can also have everything that would keep you from being afraid, all the money, all the resources in the world, and you have nothing to fear, yet live a life of anxiety and worry and low self-esteem. And this is counterintuitive because it would seem like the more resources that you have, the less you have to fear, the less you have to be worried about, but your lizard brain is pretty hard to satisfy. And worry can come in a variety of forms. Did I turn the oven off? Am I going to get the raise? At my next job, is my spouse cheating on me? Do I have bad breath? Am I being a good parent? You're not afraid of any of those things, but they're in your mind. You're spending time on them, You're, and they might keep you up at night. Worry is a bit more undefined, and it's unique from person to person. Because fear is more of an instinctual response. Worry might be a learned behavior or something that you've developed over time. Most people spend a lot more time being worried about cops pulling them over than actually being pulled over. Fear might be the feeling that you get right when the cop is walking up to your window, when you know that something important is about to happen. If you go camping, you might be worried about a bear. But if you're in your tent and you hear the bear outside of your tent, you will be afraid. Worry is much more social and it's much more cerebral and conscious. I'm worried that if I talk to a girl, she might say no, or if I start a business, it might not work. 
you end up spending time and energy on those thoughts. This is somewhat unique to humans. Beavers just build their dam where they think that dam should go, and they don't spend much time worrying about that dam. If it breaks, they'll rebuild it. They've learned good ways to build the dam in good locations, and so they're going to use the best information that they have to build their dam. But once the dam is built, they sleep soundly inside the dam. They're not fretting and worrying about its structural integrity. If they have reason to believe there's an issue, they go outside, they fix it, but they don't spend their time worrying about should they fix it and did they build it well enough. Our overactive brains have moved beyond considering the things that are clear and present, the things that we should be afraid of, and we're now solving for future things that we likely might be afraid of. This is what worry is all about. We're now able to consider all of these future outcomes and speculate on them abstractly in a way that animals cannot. And we can bring that future pain into the present. Even worse, we can hear about the pain and the fear from other people on the news from our friends. We can learn about their fears, their pain, their worries, and all the negative things that have happened to them. Our brains are wired to capture this information and to store it and to keep us from that pain. And we have reason to be worried about those outcomes. Even when everything is taken care of, even when we have all the resources and life is good, there's still plenty to be afraid of. There's plenty of negativity out there. What's interesting to note is that the data is very clear that today and now and whenever you're listening to this is the safest time in human history. Mortality rates, infant mortality, education, standard of living, life expectancy, any way you want to look at it. There's less wars, less death, less violent crime, less plague, less poverty than there was in the past. And it's always gone that way. But you wouldn't think that. There's always an immediate conflict on the horizon. It's safer now than it's ever been. There's less to worry about now, less to be afraid of now than there ever has been. But that doesn't really mean that our brains and the way they work have caught up with that progress. Instead, we're still living in the past, solving, solving to pay attention to the things that we should be afraid of. And because we can imagine all these future events, and we can remember so well the pain of past events, we're able to build this universe in the present of avoidance of fear and worry to keep ourselves away from that pain. And that's what drives a lot of our decisions. The problem is that none of those outcomes are real. They're all imaginary. Kids believe that there's monsters under the bed and kids lose sleep. Millions and millions of kids lose sleep uh, over the monsters under the bed or in the closet. But no kid in the history of kids has ever been attacked by a monster under the bed. And you can explain it to them as much as you want. But the problem will persist because their minds can imagine it. Their imagination is real. And the worry is real. The monster is real because their brain thinks it's real. They spend time and tears and energy and they lose sleep 
over this concept. Now, we all grow up to realize that there aren't monsters under the bed, but we fail to grow up beyond that to realize that those monsters still exist in our minds. They're no longer under the bed, they're found at work or in our relationships and in our projects and in our businesses, yet they're still just as irrelevant. Those monsters, in fact, do not exist, but the amount of time that we spend thinking about them is equivalent, if not significantly greater than the amount of time a child might spend thinking about the monsters under the bed. As adults, just like children, we manifest all these speculations into reality. It cripples our chances at living a fulfilled and successful life. It's very difficult to move forward with this mindset of fear and worry. Consider the insurance industry. The amount of money spent in flood insurance premiums is greater than the cost associated with repairing the damage of a flood. That's why insurance companies exist. That's why their margin exists, because people are willing to pay for a premium against avoiding the pain. As a group, we're better off not paying for insurance because the outcome is cheaper than the premiums. It's not justified. Obviously, this is difficult for most people to take on because if you are to suffer a flood, you would be wiped out entirely. The lizard brain does not like that. So most people just buy insurance. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy insurance. I'm saying that the insurance industry exists because people will pay a premium to avoid the pain. Have you ever bought a tool or something electronic and had somebody offer you an extended warranty? That might as well just be called a worry reduction plan. They know that you'll pay so much extra to save yourself from the pain of a broken item because you're worried that that thing that you bought might break down. If you're on a plane flying to your vacation, are you really going to be able to shut the garage door that you left open when you're flying at 30,000 feet? And can you think of a thought strong enough to have an impact to prevent those things? Can you think so hard to close the garage door? No, you can't. But you can think a thought strong enough to keep you up at night, to cause an ulcer, and to ruin your vacation. You can't think the garage door closed, but you can think so hard about your garage door being open that it actually kills you. And don't get me wrong, being worried can help you prepare for something, but the key word is prepare. Being prepared and having precaution and acting on the worry can oftentimes be a worthwhile endeavor. But worrying about it and taking no action always accomplishes nothing. Worry only steals the precious time that you need that you should be spending acting and it's wasted on unhealthy and unproductive thinking. Just consider all of the time that you've spent worrying in your life and if you had just applied that to your project or your relationships or your creative endeavors, you would already be there. You can't change the past. It seems obvious enough, but many people spend hours contemplating the past and regretting the past, contemplating the past and regretting the past, thinking about what you could have done differently. And this is all an unfortunate result of an overactive lizard brain working together with your conscious brain and overpowering it to sort of reevaluate 
your past and abstractly remember it in the way that you want to justify your behaviors. Your conscious brain isn't even really aware that beneath the surface, your lizard brain is rewriting your past to keep you from the pain. But the lizard brain can't accurately evaluate the future probability of that pain happening again. Your conscious brain is just along for the ride. It feels like free will. It feels like being you. But you are subject to an irrational decision based on worry that's coming from your lizard brain. If you're worried about burglars, if you're worried about a fire, if you're worried about what the girl will say when you ask her out, you should take action to improve your chances of success. Get a home security system. Improve your credit before you apply for a home loan. Think about what you're going to say. Prepare yourself. Write down a plan. But once it's been planned, once you are prepared, all you can do is act. Worrying doesn't move the needle. In the end, something has to get done. Does worrying about the weather improve your chances of a sunny day? Of course not. Each day we really have a limited amount of time and a limited number of thoughts. You really can't afford to spend even a moment of that time, and especially your precious brain power, worried about something that you can't control. You either need to spend that time thinking through the action and executing, or you need to give it up because it truly is outside of your control. If you're worried it's going to rain on your wedding day, you make a rain plan. Once the plan's in place, you don't worry about the rain. Alternatively, you could simply say, I'm not worried about it raining because I won't care. We'll get married in the rain. That's fine as well. What's not okay is to make a rain plan and worry about it. What's also not okay is to not make a rain plan and worry about it. This will lead to personal anguish and pain and wasted time and resources. If you want to move forward, you need to give that up. Worrying about it does nothing. Oftentimes this takes practice. It's a learned behavior. You have to do several risky things and take some chances before you realize it's okay to not worry about them. You have to leave the garage door open and drive away for the weekend. That is an uncomfortable situation for people, but if you do it enough times, you will be good at putting yourself in a situation where a normal person would feel worried. And instead of feeling worried, you can have the confidence and the wherewithal to proceed. Worry isn't a harmless waste of time. Beyond just wasting that time, you can lose sleep, get ulcers, live an unhappy life. It also gets projected onto other people, and other people subconsciously pick up on it. If you're worried, other people will be worried. If you're worried about a future outcome being negative, and you walk into a room of people connected to that outcome, and you act worried, they will act worried. And the likelihood of that future outcome coming to pass is oftentimes increased. You don't need to bring the monster out from under the bed. You don't need to carry that around with you. You might think about it. Don't act like it. Don't tell others you're thinking about it. Don't project your worry. It makes things worse for you. Simply acting worried and changing your behavior to solve against the future pain can oftentimes bring that pain closer. 
If you go into your presentation nervous or worried, the audience can sense it. If you go in positive and confident, the audience can sense it. A lot of times people find comfort in being worried and they claim that it's part of some prudent decision-making process. They might say something like, worrying helps me analyze the good and bad and helps me plan out what I would do if the bad thing happened. After I go over my plan a few times, I feel better. After I have my disaster plan worked out, I feel better about what would happen if disaster strikes. If I spend a lot of my mental energy today and time today considering disaster in the future, I will be better prepared for disaster. Well, that makes some sense, I guess. But the problem with this is that your mental position is that it requires you to spend today thinking about and preparing for disaster. This is a huge mistake. You can't put your delicate brain power into a bucket that's solving for disaster avoidance. We need to think about winning and being successful and taking that risk and being rewarded for it, not by being burned for taking that risk. You have to push forward. You can't be solving for avoiding the pain, avoiding the fear. You can't nurse your worries. You have to think about what that negative outcome might be, address the probability that it's going to happen, account for that risk, and move on. If you spend your time solving for what would happen if that thing comes to pass, the vast majority of the time, that energy is wasted because that negative outcome doesn't come to pass. If you want to be successful and happy and fulfilled in life, you have to spend your time thinking about success and happiness and getting those things done. We have to have belief in our own brains, in our own mind, that things are going to work out. You can't spend that time being worried. The glass is always half full. Your crazy idea just might work out. Anyone's crazy idea that did work out actually believed that it was going to work out. You have to take worry for what it is. They're adult monsters living under our adult beds. This is a manifestation of our imagination, and it brings us to look at the worst of what might be, not what actually is. Our lizard brains are very strong in this regard, and they are insistently worrying, and they're going to sabotage our chances of success if we allow them to. We have to take these worried thoughts in stride on our journey and learn to ignore them. We need to silence the lizard brain and spend our time training and focusing our brains on a successful mindset. That's it for today, guys. In our next episode, we are going to be covering just what that successful mindset looks like and how to attain it.